Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to a very special episode of the show. For my upcoming dates, please do get onto my Instagram at HelloStevo. I've got some Irish tour dates coming up. I'm going to be going around the country with my show, Son of a Preacher Man. But today's episode is a special one because we have a good friend of mine on the show. Hannah Mamelis is a... Uh, no, I don't want to say it now. I don't want to insult her. But, she, you know, because she doesn't want to be labelled into too many boxes. You know the way the world is with labels these days. But I love Hannah to bits. She's amazing. What, what is Hannah? She's an amazing creative. She's got an amazing mind. She's kind of part actor, part uh, comedian. Well, comedian first. You know, writer. She does do some acting. Uh, you will have seen Hannah and myself all over the country uh, with the National Dairy Council ad that we did. We had great crack uh, filming that. We were on the billboards and the bus stops. We were sponsoring Love Island and blah, blah, blah. Hannah was the science girl there. She's an incredibly, uh, credi- credibly, uh, incredibly funny uh, girl. Some of you might well know her from her work with um, the brilliant Dream Gun film reads. Uh, Dream Gun are like this... Um, I suppose you might call them comedy, improv type group of people that literally uh, take uh, film scripts like Spider-Man, Jurassic Park, Harry Potter, and they kind of rewrite them and make them funny. And uh, they do these live performances where all the, the performers are given the scripts and they've never read the scripts before and they, re- they read them live there on stage. It's super popular. I'm sure a lot of you guys will have seen them at the Kilkenny Cat Laughs or Ivy Gardens. They sold out uh, Vicar Street earlier on this year. They've been to the Edinburgh Fringe Festival and they uh, they basically do like, uh, when they were at the Fringe in, Do- in Edinburgh, they were doing like a different film every night so it's a great fun but you will know hannah is very popular a uh, very popular performer with those guys and she has performed with them a lot on that but she is on this podcast today because she is bringing her brand new show to the dublin fringe festival 2019 you will probably recall that she did her uh she did a fringe show in dublin fringe i think in maybe 2017 uh called the egg is a lonely hunter uh, a comedy um show that was uh, highly recommended by the infamous Daniel Kitson, who's like a really big deal uh, in the, on the UK circuit. He watched it, he loved it, and uh, he recommended it. Um, so uh, she is bringing her... Yeah, I'm sure you can hear that. My daughter kicking off in the background. Um, standard arguments with her mommy. But anyway, Symphony of Worms is going to be in the Dublin Fringe Festival. It's going to be on in Smock Alley's Boys' School. Um, it's, there's a preview on the 9th of September, and then she's got performances uh, on the 10th, 11th, and 12th of September at half past nine. And then she's also got a couple more performances on the 14th and the 15th of uh, September at, at seven o'clock. So if you go on to fringefest.com, you will be able to get tickets um, for the show. And I'm going to get her, because um, she, she's very famous on Twitter. Um, so I'm just going to get her Twitter handle up here as well, because she's very funny on the Twitter. Big fans of her on Twitter. Come on, Twitter, hurry up. For fuck's sake. Stop making a bleeding show me. Here we go. We'll type in what's her, uh, her handle. Ba-ba-da-bum. It's, oh God, what's that? At... Han T. Mam. <laughs> so at H A N 
T-M-A-M, or just look, Google Hannah Mamless. I'll put it up in the description of the show anyway. Uh, her brand new show, Symphony of Worms, uh, in this conversation we talk all about it. We talk about her writing process. We talk about how, where she has come from and where she uh, grew up and uh, kind of how she was raised, I suppose, a little bit differently as, as an only child and that, how that kind of inspires and informs her work a little bit. Um, here is the blurb for the show. I thought I'd read it out because I think you um, you'll, it'll give you a good vibe of what the show was like. So, Symphony of Worms by Hannah Mamelis. Hannah is an only child. She has an unsettling attraction to hobbits, always misses the toilet with the toilet paper, and is terrified of dying alone. But what if she could reach out and experience a glimpse of life and death through her alternative selves in alternative dimensions? A time, space, and neurosis traversing comedy show about failure, connection, and our never-ending quest to find the things that truly matter to infinity and beyond! Ladies and gentlemen, you're going to love this episode. It is the wonderful Hannah Mamelis. Change of oh, Hannah, such a joy. <laughs> Here I am. Such a joy. It's uh, Hannah, Hannah with the best name in the world, by the way. Yeah, um, it's not a bad one, is it? It's not, like, it's literally Hannah Mamelis on, uh, like, it's, I'd say it was annoying growing up, maybe. It was, there was, there's the double barrel version of it as well, Hannah Tucker Mamelis. That kind of makes oh, it Oh, that's right, warm. it is Tucker. I remember seeing yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah that yeah, was yeah, on yeah. the social media at one point. DL social medias, yeah. So is that the, that's the double barrel surname? Yeah, double barrel surname. Tucker was my mom's maiden, maiden name. name. Okay. And then Mamelis is my dad's second name. But it's kind of a case of so my dad's an only child. Right. Uh so nobody's carrying on the Mamelis name. Right. That's on me. Yeah. And then also my mom has a rake of sisters, but they all have different names. So they've passed their different names on to their kids. So I'm also kind of the only one who can carry on Tucker under, as well. Right. Oh jeez. Bloody Jesus. responsibility the like pressure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's why I was really like for the most of my life I was Hannah Mamelis and then I was like, shit, I really gotta get the Tucker in there. Oh, so you just you'd add it in later on, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Staff meeting. Yeah, yeah. We're gonna have to keep We're gonna the have name to, going. Yeah, we gotta keep this so, going. So you're under pressure to make babies as well, basically. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but then I mean then it's what so I'm carrying on Tucker and Mamelis and then also potentially your man's name as well if he's in the scene oh, you know what I mean if you think about it yeah 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 is that you know what I mean is that anything- too many names oh you want to see my other half has the culture of the so the culture in in uh, Spain and Portugal has uh, is that you keep both parents names right so you're always double barreled surname yeah but the also the culture in 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 Portugal is pretty much every woman in Portugal is called Maria, <laughs> so it's a religious thing, you know. Right. Yeah. So it's Maria something. Yeah. So she's Maria Inez de Narandia, uh, something else, and Torres. I don't even know her name. Like, do you know? Yeah, there's too it's long. Too much. It's yeah. Too long. It's ridiculous. Is that all written on a passport then? It is or on is the passport. It? Yeah. Yeah. yeah so it's, it's nuts. all there. And then her mom, I hope she's not been listening, <laughs> wanted wanted us to keep. Her family name with our Through, child. Oh, Jesus. So give it a rest, will you? Yeah, it's a, just when does it end? You yeah, know what I mean? Yeah. When does the chain end? Yeah. The chain of names. Even middle names is like, well, our daughter doesn't have a middle name, so who cares? Do you have a middle name? No. Well, I do, I do officially. Right. It's Mary. Um, Mary? Mary, yeah. Because that was my mom. <laughs> <laughs> it's not. It's not. <laughs> Hannah, Hannah Mary. Hannah Mary Tucker Mamelis. Hannah Mary Tucker Mamelis, yeah. Oh, that's kind of cool. That's, that's, cool. Cool. that's what's on my passport, actually. Right. I'm Mary, Mary as in spelt. It's it's spelt kind of like M M. It's spelt M A I R E. M A I R E. Okay. Right. It's like a, it's so it was my mom's mom's name. Right. And her name was Mary Tucker. Ah. Yeah. So where does Tucker come from? Where's, where's that name from? I don't know. Like it's it's not really Irish. I th- I think it's a bit English, really. Okay, right. There's, I don't know, but I think I I think one of my aunties on my mom's side tried to trace some of it. Right. Because we were like, oh, there's definitely probably Brits in there somewhere. <laughs> but I don't I don't think there is actually. Okay. So I've no idea. It's a very that's an interesting one. I don't. Yeah, I, I wouldn't be that sure that it's English. Tucker, like it sounds a bit proddy. <laughs> <laughs> like it does sounds a little bit proddy yeah okay, yeah I suppose yeah. <laughs> but I don't I don't know uh, Do, where yeah because your dad is uh, obviously as I know is like Mamelis is Greek is Greek so my dad's Greek American yeah so his dad was Greek okay and his mom was American and uh, and his dad I think was like second generation Greek like he'd moved over to the States right and uh, and then I know <clears throat> he he and his dad his dad left when he was a baby 
and then his mom remarried and then when he was later on when he was in his teens he kind of reconnected with his dad okay because I think his dad had kind of he, his dad had wanted to go back to Greece and like trace his family and kind right. of do all of that. And then his dad, yeah, he reconnected with his dad when he was in his teens. And then his and then his dad died. <laughs> Just dropped out of a heart attack. Bye. I love how you've laughed at that. <laughs> reconnected with that. Then he died. <laughs> so did you ever? You had any, never knew him. You never, never knew him. him. So he was he died before you were born. Died before I was born. Yeah, both of my mom's parents died before I was born. Right. So I, I only knew. That's a very tiny family. I know. The three yeah. of you. Yeah. Goodness me. Yeah. And so your dad is in Galway at the moment, is my it? My dad's or? in Galway, yeah, right. yeah. And so your mum's in Dublin? My, yeah, my mum's kind of back and forth between Dublin and Galway. Okay. But she's, okay. But she's mainly in Dublin. Right. And because, uh, yeah, so we moved. I was born in Dublin. Right. And then we moved down to Galway when I was about six. And how did your dad end up in Ireland? Because of mum. So oh, right. mom, mom moved over and did the old. When she was in her 20s, went over to the States. Over to the US, right. Yeah, yeah, on a visa and then just stayed there illegally. What, what, oh, really? Yeah, oh, God, yeah. Oh, that was what everyone did in the in the 80s, you know what I mean? That's when they were handing out license, uh, driving licenses here. Yeah, you'd just be like, yeah, grand. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So she was working in a bar and uh, and that's when she met my dad. There's right. a bit of an age difference between them, like there's 16 years between my mom and my okay. dad. Okay, who's, who's older? My dad. Your dad, right. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Not, is it 16? It's fourteen or sixteen. It's one of them. That's a that's still a very Latin like that's a Latino man thing. A Greek is Latin, is it? Would you still say no? It's not, is it? No, sorry. Take <laughs> I don't <it> back. Know. <laughs> well, Mediterranean anyway. Yeah, definitely yeah, Mediterranean. Yeah. It's that area, yeah. Because it's de- it, that's in my family. So like my granddad, who I never met on my mom's side, mm. twenty years older than right. than my my nona and uh, my. Uh, <laughs> My, I probably should do. F, okay. My, my girlfriend, <laughs> my, my parents and all, basically, there is a 20 year gap between them as well. Yeah. yeah and the man being the perv of the situation. No, no, no. But it is, uh, yeah. Asher, that's generally the case. Sure, go on, the lads. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so they ended up back in Galway, and that's where Hannah came along. That was it. So, well, so I was, yeah, so they moved back originally to Dublin, and then they were, uh, they were living over there, and uh, they, they were, they set up a canteen in Portobello, mm. in like the college in Portobello. Okay. And they ran the canteen in Portobello. Greek food or Greek no, inspired? No, just, just like, food, right? Yeah, okay. just, just, just food. <laughs> <laughs> just general, general just, stuff. Just so it's gre- slosh like. So is the Greek element part of your culture? No, or bringing it not, on? At not at all. whatsoever. Not at all. Because I don't think it was really part of dad's either. Okay, right. Okay. Yeah, he was just brought up. Okay. Good old American, you know. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, so. So it wasn't part of your. So you brought you grew up predominantly in Galway. Yeah. So a little bit, a little bit in Dublin, and then predominantly, yeah. Okay. Mainly in Galway. And that wasn't part of your life at all. You were just like another Irish kid. Yeah, basically. Okay. Except, yeah, except my name, name was Mamalus. Yeah. <laughs> and kind of the look of me as well. They were like, Ah, you don't. What's going on here? Yeah, you don't yeah. look properly irish what's, what's i love happening? that in ireland and then they always come back and go but sure like there's lads don't in Kerry like that have some 10 in them yeah <laughs> we have that, that. In, in the south of connemara as well oh, really? they're all they all look spanish right yeah wow. and everyone's like oh what happened there like yeah yeah they're all really dark That's dark funny. hair dark eyes it's yeah like, uh, the spaniards came over and did some messing you know yeah. what i mean so where do you think do you think your where's your sense of humor come from your mom or your dad or a mix of both, okay. definitely. They're 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 very different. They're both very. They're kind of like the polar opposites of each other in some ways. Like I would describe my dad as like a total introvert, and I'd describe my mom as a total extrovert. Oh. And I'd say I'm a little bit bang in the middle between those two things. Um. So they have like different senses. My dad would be like my dad would be quite quiet, but then he'll be like kind of simmering and dark underneath that really yeah and and in humor or in, in humor yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah. In, in mind <laughs> in humor and in soul yeah, yeah. um okay right. i remember the first i remember the first time i realized my my dad was funny i think was um <laughs> Poor dad. i know no but it was when i was younger when you don't when you don't really know what humor is or yeah, really yeah, you're yeah. still kind of gauging it there were two times actually i remember there was once at a wedding we went to it was like a family wedding and there was a book where you know you could write your little inscription yes. for the for the man and wife and uh, my Wishing dad well. wrote, yeah exactly and my dad wrote um uh you're born you die and there's a whole load of shit in between <laughs> enjoy the shit 
That's great. Yeah. Fucking and I remember hell. reading that and I remember like that like really impressed me. Right. I was like, that's really cool. Yeah. And yeah. I remember I like I think I went home and like wrote it out in my diary. I was like, yeah, that's my mantra now. Okay. Enjoy the shit. You right, know? Okay. Yeah. So how, how old were you then? I'd say I was about uh like maybe ten. Oh my god! Right, mm. right. Okay, so very young. Yeah, yeah. Right. And, and did they, you have extra? Because you, you don't have brothers and sisters, do you? No brothers and sisters. So yeah. do, do you think that that has brought another element? So you run home to write that in your diary, like your imagination yeah, instead of, is instead running. Instead of telling the, another human being. Yeah, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, definitely. You live with your imagination a bit more. Oh yeah, like I had, especially growing up in the middle of nowhere in Connemara, where Jesus, yeah. Like to hang out, like I had a couple of mates, but to hang out with any of them was a trek, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was like a drive that would take however long, yeah. and then you just like that, that'd be it. Like, there'd be no like popping around to someone's house around yeah. the corner kind of thing. You're not playing out in the street or anything like that. No, nothing like that. There was like, I had three acres of bog up the back of our house, and wow. that's where I used to play. Shit. Yeah. We always had dogs and stuff, so I'd go up the back of the field okay. with the dogs and just, yeah, talk to myself. And how do, how much do you think that influences your work? Because I was, well, I didn't get to see Egg, Egg is a Lonely Hunter, yeah. which was your, is that your debut show? That was yeah, that show? was my first one, yeah. Um, and so I watched some clips of it. And now that we're talking about this, there is an element of that. Totally, yeah. Weird of a young girl and dark in her, in her and, imagination yeah. and yeah. creating her own world. And Definitely. the comedy comes out of nowhere. It's yeah. like pops out of like... Yeah. Um. It's it's really beautiful. I was going to say, I was thinking earlier on, is it, is it would you say Joyce? Yeah, I don't know, because I'm not a literary fucking, you know, individual. But there is something about the writing yeah. that does bring you on these little journeys within the sentence mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and then pops you over somewhere else. And then you're in a different world in the next sentence and stuff like that. Yeah. The, yeah. Egg was definitely like, <clears throat> I wrote it in such a way. I don't think I even realized it at the time, but it was like... It, there was, without being wanky about it, but there was like a bit of a po- poetry about writing it okay. in some of the phrases that I didn't that I didn't realize kind of at the time. And then I and then when people would go see it and I talked to them afterwards, they were like, "Yeah, it was kind of it was a bit poetic, really. It was like a kind of weird, dark, long poem in some mm. senses." And I was like, "Yeah, I, I guess I kind of see that a little bit. It wasn't maybe my intention so much of the time." Yeah. But that was just the way it came out. Yeah. But definitely, like, yeah, that that is something that I tap into a lot is the idea of, yeah, w- when, title, when you're on your own. Yeah. The title is The Egg is a Lonely the Hunter. The Egg is a Lonely make, Hunter. That makes you go, what? Do you know? And, you know, that <laughs> people are always like, so it's, you know, the car, there's a book from, from an author called Carson McCullers. Okay. It's called uh, The Heart is a Lonely Hunter. Okay. And, uh, and everyone, and, it, and the book, I haven't read it, but it, I, I think it's about, someone who's blind and how they then it's either blind or deaf <laughs> it's all the same <laughs> I know. I, I said that for comic effect it's not the same it's not the same i was being comedically <laughs> ignorant okay it's true it was i saw it in his eyes he was <laughs> that's what he was going for um uh, yeah and and it's basically how they experience the world basically i saw the title of that book knowing nothing about it and went Oh, that's gas. Can I stick another word in there to make it funny? Oh, that, that's it. <laughs> that, was, that was like it was it. so not deep right. at all. I just thought it was like, oh, that's an interesting thing. And the, sh- the show is about, it's about a girl who has an irrational fear of eggs. That's right. Yeah. yeah. And so, <laughs> <laughs> so I did have that. I had that as the basis. I was like, oh, okay, girl with an egg. I was like, oh, what can I stick egg into that makes it interesting? But I remember there were reviews or like interviews I did around it where everyone was like really trying to tie it into that. And I was like, yeah. And you know, it was clearly coming from the inspiration from this book. And I was like, ah, oh, no, it's not that deep. Like it right. was just. And did you, did you have to say that or do you, do you fake it or do you? No, I'd, I'd say it like, yeah, yeah. I'm not going to. Yeah. And I do. There's an, an allusion in the show to, there's a bit in it where, um, I talk about, she has a dream about David Attenborough and she imagines David Attenborough is narrating, um, uh, narrating some food like under a table and and he has a, a, a phrase that is like and of course the egg is a lonely hunter that's right yeah I remember yeah, yeah. and so that so that kind of tied in again yeah, people yeah. are so funny when uh, when you have the title of your show in your later show later on the show they go that's they just genius go, oh! like I can see you can see them in the audience like turning to another being like there it is there's the title yeah, that's it yeah, there they it think is it's, now they think it's like oh <laughs> 
I, I always think that about a callback in, in, in stand-up as well, in a routine. That yeah. All, all you've done is repeated the, ty- repeated the yeah, thing at the not, end of the routine. It's I've not said fucking some ge- words. And like. people, are, the audience members, you'll literally get a round of applause <laughs> and go, that was genius. It's not genius. It's not. It's I'm really just repeating not. myself. Yeah, You're don't, idiots. Don't gratify me because I'm an idiot. <laughs> Well, they're the audience are idiots. You're fucking idiots. Buy tickets to our shows. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You gotta say that more. <laughs> audience are idiots. But so, so the starting process of that because we've had plenty of conversations about what are the work that you do mm. and you're very specific. We both have that that same thing. And what we didn't talk about this before actually. Mm. But you said in a taxi on the way back from a job that we had to do together recently, yeah. where you said, "I'm not an actor." And yeah. you were like fucking boom, and I was like, I felt that and I was like, <laughs> viscerally. Well, yeah, what? But it, but it was like you're really, I'm not a fucking actor. You you might as well have said fucking as well. Uh, but <laughs> I, I probably I, but, did. But I, I I feel the exact same way. Yeah. And we never got a chance to talk about that afterwards. But but you've gone. Um, I managed to find a, a space in the world where you're working within comedy. Mm-hmm. You also say this isn't st- like egg, egg wasn't a egg wasn't, wasn't, sta- wasn't a yeah no show. not at all. Um, but it, but you're not an actor as well, so you're working within this middle ground. It's not even a gray area. It's 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 it's, its own new space. Yeah, you know? it's like well, I it's that I don't want to I, I I don't want to be specifically one thing. Yeah. So I'm 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 not an actor. I'm not a comedian on its own I'm not a writer on its own you know what I mean it's it's that weird hybrid thing yeah. of like trying to and you'll hate this word but you'll, you're an artist yeah, <laughs> yeah I mean yeah. yeah yeah I was chatting to a friend about that recently I think we got another podcast where um, we were talking about the the word artist and and he was like you know if if you do something like comedy and he was like, and I don't believe this. He was like, but but some people would be like, oh, if you're doing comedy, you're not an artist, you know? And I was like, well, that's bullshit, you know? Wow. Who yeah. the fuck? Wow, that's I interesting. Who yeah, said yeah. That? <laughs> no, he didn't agree. He didn't oh, agree. Sorry. He was like, but people people could say that, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. like comedy isn't, it's not isn't art necessarily. Yeah. And I do, but I, like, you know, there are institutions in Ireland who don't believe comedy is art. Oh, yeah. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Try get some funding. That's yeah, it's hilarious, isn't you it? You know, so well, it's not hilarious actually. <laughs> it's not. It's not <laughs> no, it's it's the worst. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so it's it's that catch-all thing of of trying to be like, yeah, I'm I'm I I've never wanted to be one yeah. thing. I yeah. think. Do you think it like I'm not saying that this is your decision making in in what it is that you're doing artistically, but do you think that you on some level bring it bring comedy to a higher ground not that you're trying to do that but it but because what you're doing is so interesting and it's so in a different space mm. to the normal way that institutions will look at it or the stand-up comedy industry will look at it that it's kind of it's it's allowing uh, a connection to other industries and to other types of people to it yeah you know? i think it's just i think it's that it's a because i would look at other like you know other other kinds of comedy and and stand-up Basically, I do what I do because it's what I do best. Okay. And, you know, I I look at other kinds of comedy and I go, I just can't do that. And that's amazing. You know what I mean? Like other other people can. So I would look at that as as higher as well. You know what I mean? Okay, Looking at other people okay. doing yeah. doing the kind of comedy they do. And I'm like, fuck, like I there. That's incredible. Yeah, you know? Yeah, 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 yeah. And so for me doing this this is just how how i can do comedy yeah 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 yeah. because that's how i can how i can work it basically you know because i and i've said this you know before that like i'm i know i'm never gonna be a a stand-up touring on the circuit you know what i mean because that's number one it's not something i really want to do yeah um but also i think it's where it's not where my real talents lie either yeah. Just, just doing that. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Like I, d- I don't think just doing stand up in that sense, I'd be good enough. You know. Mm. So it's how to. Yeah, and it's but it's also I mean I think stand up's one of these things you can you can be if you really work it and want to, but you, what you're doing is being very true to yourself and being mm. very specific to what it is that that you do. Because watching watching your show, it's like yeah, no one else is doing that. <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah. And that's special. And yeah. uh, and to get somebody like um, I I read it through his email Daniel Kitson oh, yeah. to recommend your show is like that's fucking amazing. Now for the majority of people who are listening, my listeners aren't cultured people. I don't know, <laughs> I'm joking. You insulting your audience again, Stephen? Ah, they love the You're crack. Idiots. They fucking You're love idiots. the crack. They love it. No, no. Uh, Daniel Kitson is from. I would have heard of Daniel Kitson first from my time living in England and in, and in. 
in the London scene when you're coming up as a comic, he's kind of a cult hero. Mm. And he's everybody would look up to Daniel Kitson. And a lot of you won't have heard of him because he doesn't do mainstream TV. He doesn't do mainstream anything. Yeah. He's barely even on YouTube. Yeah. Um, and uh, he basically works his his work as a stand-up comedian. It's, I don't even know if they call him a stand-up comedian anymore. Yeah, I think it's that he, he does a... He does stand-up shows and mm. then he does story shows. Yes, okay. And and well, that is but, something that I like would really aspire to well in a lot put, of yeah, ways. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think, I don't know where he coined it, but that but that is how he, that is That's what he, he calls them. It. He calls them story shows. Because I've been to his work in progress shows and mm. when he is just like riffing and acting the bollocks, he is fucking Amazing. hilarious. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He is hilarious. Yeah. And then I went to see one of his shows that was two hours long. The one that he was in Work in Progress, I went to see the end show and it was it definitely wasn't stand-up comedy. Yeah, so yeah, it yeah. So it was this this other thing. Mm-hmm. And the, re- the reason he's big in the, in the, in, in the UK is that uh, he just has a cult following from his email list, isn't it, through his website. People yeah. buy tickets. He emails, I'm doing a show, people buy tickets. And they snap them up, yeah. That's, uh, so is that the kind of thing that you would like to eventually build towards? Yeah, like, uh, definitely... There is a show of his that you can watch actually on his website. Oh. He's um there's a, it's a show that he did and it's another story show and it's and it's him basically kind of telling this this big kind of epic story about two people uh and how their lives panned out and how they intertwine in small ways. Right. And I I watched it um like kind of back at the beginning of the year cuz I I kind of started to try and seek out more of his stuff. Because I, I was kind of getting more and more interested in him. And the fact that he does that where like it, it isn't. Yeah, he, he does do stand up and he does does do uh, the the riffing as part of his kind of story shows. And it's how those two things meld together. I was like, that's really impressive. That is definitely what I want to do mm-hmm. more and more. And also mm-hmm. that they his shows. I saw a show of his um, back in London, I think it was in February, or March called Keep. And uh, it was a show about him um going through everything in his house and categorizing it and writing a list of every single thing in his home and then reading it out on stage but around that unfolds a story okay and 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 it's also just him also chatting to the audience so it's still very much him and it's a show about him but it's not stand up and it's not something else it's something new mm. and it is that melding and that is definitely what i like and what mm. i would that's a great like premise do. for a show yeah i, was, I, I he, presume it was great it was, it was really show. great yeah, yeah. it was super long super super he do, long he doesn't mind not editing no i've got no, to, no, have no, to no. say that yeah it's because he knows everyone will just sit there and listen to him like well, you well know? Uh, do you know why apparently because well, i saw him in the oh shit is it the roundhouse in camden Anyway, it's it's a beautiful theater that mm. is. It's in the round. You perform it in the round, mm. and people did start leaving. Right, and yeah. he goes through them for a short. <laughs> yeah, but they're like, "Fuck!" Like I could see people going, "Fuck off!" I have to work in the morning. It's two hours. Yeah, like I gotta go. Yeah. I gotta go. <laughs> the last tube is literally coming. Yeah, like, you know. But he has he has a show up on his uh, his website, and you can uh, you can rent it for four quid. Okay, and it's it's like two hours long, and I would really recommend. Okay, right. Uh, watching it, I'm gonna go check that out. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, I, I, are you going to do that? So are you going to do that with yours? Because you've obviously got a recording of Egazaloni a Hunter. Would, is that the kind of thing that you would? Yeah, I do. You, you have a recording of, of it, obviously. Would I you? have a recording of it. I did a recording of it. It's weird. I did a recording of it back when it was in Dublin Fringe. Yeah. Which was in 2017. Okay. So that's September 2017. Yeah. Shit. Wow. Yeah. That's a, that's a while gonna. Yeah. Yeah. My daughter was a month. There you go. Oh, yeah. There you go. Okay. Right. Yeah. So that was, and then after that. So that was the first time I did it. Mm. And then after that, I did it in first fortnight uh-huh. for a week. And then after that, I did it in Edinburgh uh-huh. for the month. And it was almost like it was weird. Nothing in the writing had changed, but it was a different show. Okay. By the time that Edinburgh run finished, where I was like, this is like, this is good now, you know? Okay. Okay. It was like, you know, it, it really, you know, you, you can. Do a show in a week and, and be happy with it and it can be great. Mm. If you do it over and over and over again, mm. you, you are constantly finding new things. I okay. found that, which I found really interesting. Yeah, that's inspirational to me because I'm at the point where uh, I'm kind of going fucking sick of the show. Yeah, I But know. I don't know how to 
to push through that or to well, find like something the, I, new I, in it. I think I make the mistake of going with son of a preacher man that I kind of go, I, I go back to the writing process all the time to the yeah. beginning. I'm kind of, okay, what well, can I add a joke here, add a punch here. Yeah. But actually I need to be finding stuff while I'm performing it all the time. That's it. Yeah, that's so it. you're saying you don't change the writing, you no. just perform and perform. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. Okay. And then different different ways of doing okay, it yeah, yeah, come yeah. out. I found that even, I remember going back into the rehearsal room with it before we went to Edinburgh and I was like, the words are just coming out differently from my mouth. Right. Because you're trying to shake it up in your brain. Okay. And so you are finding new things. You know what I mean? You're like, I don't really want to say that that way yeah. right now. Yeah. And there is an element of like, if it's not broke, don't fix it. Yeah. Kind of thing. But but you do, yeah, you do just find a new sense with it. And I just, I, I enjoyed it so much. And then definitely, at the end of Edinburgh, I was like, it's done. I don't want to do anymore. It's done. Like, So you, are you not going to do that anymore? I don't think so, no. Okay. I was just very much like, maybe, I don't know, maybe yeah. down the line at some point. But but I was very much like at the end of that, okay, I want to do a new show now. I want to yeah, yeah, create yeah. a new yeah, thing, yeah. basically. And, and when you say you go into the rehearsal room, what does that look like? What is a rehearsal? Is there anybody else there? Yeah, okay. so so when I was doing Egg, uh, I had a director called Jedda Debris. And she's, oh, Jedda. Yeah. I didn't know she was on there. Wow, okay, yeah, cool. she directed for me and wow. Jedda's amazing. Hi, Jedda. Hi, Jedda. Yeah, she's the best. She was like, she was transformative when I was doing that okay. show. She really, really helped. And she was just, we were so on the same page about it. It was really nice. So she'd make suggestions and I'd be like, you are so right. Okay. There was never a case of her being like, what about this? And I'd be like, ah, fuck off. You yeah, know, yeah, it was yeah. always just like, oh yeah, great. She is an amazing listener. And I haven't like probably seen her since our days in the factory, which is mm. a long time ago, but an amazing listener to you trying to work something out mm-hmm. and then she just come back with something that oh yeah that's it totally yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah yeah no she was really really great so yeah so when we were doing egg it'd be the just the two of us in a room going over it and and finding new things and go back and do that bit and i'm it's funny i'm trying to do some a new show at the moment and i'm currently doing it on my own and i'm really feeling that now where i'm like okay oh jetta so, <laughs> jetta so, <laughs> so what is the new show called this is exciting you're back at the dublin fringe yes. exciting times exciting times and riveting riveting which i know what you're going through is like it's it's stressful as well the same. It's yeah a, it's an yeah. exciting opportunity but, but totally you, yeah yeah the pressure's on and, yeah 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 yeah, it's funny as well. So the new show is called Symphony of Worms. Symphony of Worms. Wow. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Do you know, I? it was funny I when I first came up with the name. So I did like a work in progress of this and seen and heard back in uh, February. That's right. Yeah. And I had to submit the idea back in the year before in like October, November. Oh, for seen and heard. For seen and heard. Okay, yeah. interesting. And so that's when I came up with the loose idea of what I wanted to do and a name and all of that. And by the time the show rolled around to Seen and Heard, I hated Symphony of Worms so much. Really? I hated it. I was like, what is this load of wank? Oh, Symphony of Worms. (laughs) I hated it. Because the show that I did in Seen and Heard, it didn't almost reflect it okay. anymore it had, I'd come up with the title before I'd written anything you know what right. I mean so it didn't I didn't feel like it fit and I just felt like it was wanky and pretentious and I hated it mm. and I, I told everyone that before my show <laughs> <laughs> I was like this is this fuck this name it's going out the window and then <laughs> just the name not even the word. just the name okay. the name yeah right and then I started working on the the longer version of it and and I was applying to Fringe hopefully to get in and I started thinking about what to do and then when I got in I was like all right I have to start seriously thinking about this now and working on it a bit more and again I was like so it's it's not gonna be fucking called Symphony of Worms I know that much and then the more I started working on it the more it came back to that title and it made sense oh wow yeah it was really weird. Shit. So so when you came up with Sympathy of Words, was that another, like, The Egg is Only Hunter just making a funny title? Kind of, yeah. Oh, shit. Yeah. <laughs> Which is, I, I think that's brilliant, but then it's scary uh, as yeah, well. Kind, yeah. I, I knew, so I knew the show was going to be about death. Right. So it's kind of like a weird, wanky way of talking about death, like Symphony of Worms. Okay, so all the worms that are going around the coffin, yeah, that's rotting in the singing, ground. Singing as you're dying. Yeah, as you die, as you're dead. <laughs> <laughs> See, that's your, that's your sense of humour. I know. Like, what a picture. It's weird and dark. A symphony of that's so fucking cool. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, 
yeah so that was so that was why i was like it's gonna be about death this is this is how i'm gonna say this and then so yeah the the newer version uh that's gonna be alive soon uh it just yeah it started fitting into that more and more and more and there are elements of basically there's it's it's the show is about me so it's not a character but it it kind of is so it's about me and it's me the the first half of the show first kind of if the show is in three parts the first third of the show would seem quite stand-up centric okay and that's how it starts. And then uh, I have a blow-up doll with me on stage. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, What's his or her name? <laughs> uh, so she's me, right? Okay. And so I introduce the blow-up doll and I, and I introduce it as me. And basically I use the blow-up doll to imagine me in like a parallel world or a different dimension and how I die. Wow. So I have these like story sections within it where where it becomes kind of more narrative-y again basically more like what egg was where it's me imagining how i die in lots of different ways goodness me yeah <laughs> so is that the kind of thoughts that a an only child in her <laughs> imagination my in a bog in connemara is that the way the world goes not that like not that that is a depressing thing at all by the yeah. way it's just the imagination well it is and it's also the like you have to be alone a lot when you're an only child so it's also I mean that that is kind of the show it's about death and it's about loneliness and it's about connection and all of those things so yeah it 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 is all born from all of that definitely and the idea of like you know because you're on your own and and uh like for me when my parents die that's kind of it for my family yeah you know what I mean? Like, if you have brothers or sisters, there's still a link there yeah, yeah, to, like, yeah. your past, yeah. to what you grew up with. When my parents die, it's me who has to remember all of it. Wow, shit. Yeah. Wow, that's deep, man. Mm. So how long has that been on your brain for? Probably a, a while, yeah. I'd say these were things that, like... You realise as a kid? Probably. Yeah, as a kid, definitely as a teenager. I used to be anxious about it all the time. I used to be terrified that my parents would die. When mm. I was like a, a teenager, like a young teen, that was like, that was 100% the, the domineering fear in my brain. Like my parents are going to die, I'm going to be on my own. What am I going to do? And so that then just obviously leaked throughout the whole thing or, or not realizing fully why that scared me so much. Obviously it didn't scare you the thought of your parents dying. Yeah. I mean, that would scare anyone, yeah. you know, at any age. Unless your parents are, oh, sorry. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, and, uh, but yeah, n- knowing now the full weight of it, yeah like shit okay yeah and do you so your parents came to see egg they came to see egg yeah and they, they don't know anything about symphony of worms at the moment or do you, ch- Not do you really. chat to them about it or? well my mom actually saw the work in progress oh right and seen her yeah okay. yeah yeah so she does know i mean i talk about masturbating a lot <laughs> <in it. laughs> mrs toker how are you yeah so uh <laughs> okay wow yeah That'll be a fun one, actually. Is that a conversation at all? Me and mom are quite close. Like, okay. we, we like I'd be fairly open about those kind of things with right. my mom. We're grand with that. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool. That's another thing about being an only child. Like, I'm very close to my parents. You, yeah. And, and especially, like, my mom and I would be... Like, my mom and I, like, live together, but we, like, we share a flat like we both pay rent we're roommates my mom and okay, i are roommates okay. yeah, yeah, in yeah. a in a gaff basically yeah. and so we do have a bit of a dynamic where like it is definitely sometimes more of a sister's vibe okay okay um it, my dad i yeah i'm gonna definitely feel a bit weird talking about masturbating in front of my dad yeah but and but it's gonna happen it's, it's gonna, gonna happen like <laughs> <laughs> my dad's never seen me do stand-up okay but my mom has. Right. And I talk about masturbating a lot in my stand-up. So that's she, right. so yeah, she yeah, can. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's right. I you do. Know do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so dad. I mean, he'll be grand. Like, he'll laugh. You know what I mean? Yeah, He's not yeah. going to be weird about it. But it's still going to be like, hey, you dad. So would you say your parents know, like, not like everything about you? Or kind of like that? Yeah, then, yeah. Okay, wow. That's the, amazing. Yeah. That's pretty cool. I have to say. That's cool to have that, that relationship yeah. with your parents. That is the the 
the one of the upsides of it that we are very yeah we're just very close like we've yeah. all and because we've always been like my dad's an only child as well so he gets it he gets it it's funny <laughs> it's funny at christmas because christmas is generally just the three of us yeah but like my dad so i'm an only child my dad's an only child my mom came from a family of like a, a rake of sisters mm. but um and one brother that's a but, great expression, uh, isn't it? Yeah. A rake of sisters. A rake of sisters. <laughs> a whole rake of them. Um, but my dad at Christmas like definitely reverts to his only child state of it. Like dad wants all the presents. Ah, stop. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And he's the oldest by a long shot. <laughs> it's so funny. I'm like, dad, like, come on. Like he turns into a, a brat, like. Yeah. Um but uh but yeah that is yeah so my dad's an only child so he doesn't have any brothers or sisters he and his and both his parents are dead so he has no other family really it's just us okay and uh and then mom is her sisters but they're all kind of really spread out so we so we never really grew up with like loads of family around mm. so it was always just kind of the three of us mm. uh which was always like super like prevalent around Christmas when generally that's the time where like big families get together and you have it and it was just the three of us sitting in the gaff yeah yeah, yeah. around the table like uh, but do, that's what we like yeah I was just gonna say you like that yeah yeah you're used to that I do yeah I do I, it's it's what you know yes yeah you know I definitely there's been a couple of times where uh um it's been broached that like a cousin or an auntie or two come for Christmas and they I can, I'm like no nope. really no. Nope. So's dad. We're like, no. Okay, that's cool. That's super cool. <laughs> yeah, we're very unsociable. <laughs> and does that come also with being growing up in Connemara as well? That kind of like that w- living out in that wilderness. And Probably I believe bit, it, my yeah. ignorance never been to Connemara. Have you not? No. Actually, I drove you've, to Clifton. You've been to Galway. Yeah. yeah. And I drove out to Clifton, but that's not even proper Car- Connemara, is it? Clifton is, yeah. Okay. Like, we're not that far from Clifton. Okay, right. Yeah. Okay. What were you doing in Clifton? Uh, literally, I brought, uh, it was... Uh, I think we were in a back well we were my family my, my own family were in Ireland mm. only two or three months at the time and I was eager to uh, get Ines out of Dublin to show her other parts of the country yeah, yeah. So we, look we, it's not just here yeah yeah well it, because it's not like, like yeah. the West is completely different to here yeah. and uh, so we just had we had time to have an overnight in Galway and we went and we we had breakfast in Nemo's and uh, had Glass. lunch in Kai and then uh, we just had enough time to drive out to Clifton quickly just to see a little bit and then we had to go back to Dublin anyway yeah so it's about a half hour from Galway City is it Clifton or not even that driving from Galway City yeah. it's, an hour, it's an hour and a half to Clifton I wasn't in Clifton <laughs> I don't know where I was. <laughs> I was out somewhere where they make baskets and all that kind of stuff. It was only half an hour. Or yeah, 40 minutes. Like, <laughs> can we cut that in your in your head, in your mind? You were in clip in your in your spiritual. I was so home, not. I've so I've not been to Connemara so to come. To come, to come. <laughs> it's gas, like because where I am in Connemara, it's it's not Gael Tucked. Okay. And it's kind of one of the few spots that isn't Gwaelthug. So people are always like, oh, you can speak Irish. Yeah, and I'm like, not a chance. Yeah, Gwaelthug, for those of you who don't know, it's uh, Irish-speaking parts Irish of speaking, Ireland. Yeah. And uh, so you don't speak you don't speak the, the Gwaelga. Don't speak the tongue. Ah, uh, sure, fake it. The mother tongue. So do you, would you have aspirations to, do to like, right, Hannah Mamless, mm-hmm. 20 years time, you're killing these shows, right? Mm. And you're doing your tours and then you you want your downtime because you're sick of performing, you've three months off, would you retreat to that kind of a, a place, that kind of a, a thing? Or are you happy in the city? Or or I'm, is it I'm London? Hap- Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I'm happy in the city at the moment. I think, like, it's it's really nice to go home and chill and have that. Uh, and have a, yeah, have, basically have a, a place that I can go and do that. Fucking fresh air, man. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and it is, like, it's it's gorgeous down there. I didn't, I hated it when I was growing up there. I'm sure. Because it was just, it was, yeah, there was no crack, like. <laughs> and to find any crack was just, like, it was so hard. To, we never went into Galway City because you just couldn't. The only place you could go out was, was Clifton. Right. And there was a club in Clifton that would, Jesus. that was the... That the was spot where the shifting happened at the time, yeah. They don't even. I feel so bad for them now. They because the, so the club, the club was like, like I don't know how it stayed open for as long as it did. It was down in this basement, down these like, like so many steps down, down, down. It was like such a fire hazard. There was no way out except back up the steps, right? 
Uh, and the, no fire brigade around. No, no, God no. The the ceiling constantly leaking. Oh, like geez, it was right. it was a pit. Yeah. So they eventually closed that down. Right. And they never reopened another one. So so what? the young people who are there now don't have a club. Right, yeah. What kind of a size of a town is it? Do you know how many Clifton? Yeah. Um I don't know how many people like it's like you could it, there it's a circle, right? right? You could drive around it and you could drive around it in you know, a, like a minute. <laughs> oh, right. A couple of minutes. So yeah. maybe 10,000 people or something like that. Yeah, kind of yeah. Still yeah. small, you know. Okay. Definitely, definitely. Wow. So you're out in the Wild West. Out there, in the Wild, in yeah. So Clifton was about, Clifton's about a 25 minute drive from my house and the closest, uh, like, little, like, 25 know, minute drive from your house, yeah. Clifton was. Wow, yeah. you were out. Yeah. <laughs> closest village was Letterfrack. Letter That's rack. where they do the, the training for people becoming woodwork teachers. Yes, there's it? a furniture college. Yes. Do you know what the furniture college used to be? No. The biggest industrial school in the country. Oh, Jesus. Right. There's a children's graveyard in Letterfrack. Oh, God. Yeah. Keep it light, Hannah. <laughs> <laughs> Just give them some historical accuracy. Symphony of Worms, huh? <laughs> no wonder you're writing this shit. <laughs> oh, it's 100% haunted. Really? Yeah. Oh, that's awful. Yeah. Jesus yeah, Christ. It's bleak. But just, hey, it's a furniture college now. Yay, they, they turned it around. Yay. Well, because I just know that from, because uh, I did a carpentry apprenticeship and then, you know, you that go. was kind of one of the things you're like, well, we thank God for do there, something yeah. else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and, so, and how did you end up in the world of what it is that you do? Because what we haven't talked about is you and I originally know each other from, you know, that's seven years ago now. Stop. That, we were, that we were in the factory. It's not seven years. 2000 and, uh, yeah, it's 2012, yeah. Yeah. Jesus Christ. Yeah, it's a, a long time that's, ago. That's and I don't I don't have any uh memories of I do have one memory I remember that I don't know if you remember this. I tried to start this blog thing yes, called yeah, the Mongol I remember Productions that. Yeah, yeah. and you were like the only person that sent me anything. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And you were doing photography at the time. Yeah, yeah, I kind of was. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But we were both tr- we were both yeah, we trying, were trying to do trying to do stuff. shit cuz yeah, part totally. of the part of the frustration of being in there is that we're not making anything. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and shout like, out well, to all the guys at the factory. We, yeah, <laughs> do other stuff, please. Yeah, yeah. And I ended up like basically fecking away from acting completely. Yeah, yeah. Ended up hanging around with street artists and chefs and all that. And it's funny that we end up back where we are, yeah, but yeah. You, you can now we can see the link 7 totally. years later. Yeah, yeah, and be like, "Oh, that's what we were trying to do." Yeah. <laughs> we were yeah. trying to just be like, "Oh, how did you feel at that time? Because at the time, so it's kind of gone on to the, be this like acting school and academy and all that stuff. Mm. But we were the first. We were the guinea pigs. like Yeah, of, of the, the first course that they ever did, the first yeah. ever full-time course that we did. Mm-hmm. Um, what was your feelings of or your experience of that at the time? So this was acting for screen. Mm-hmm. Loads of people from that have gone on to be Hollywood stars. Big and all stores, that yeah. L- literally stars. <laughs> people from our, yeah, literal. <laughs> literally from our group are doing our Martin team. Scorsese films. Yeah, as you do, as yeah, you do. But we're happy, so fuck them. <laughs> <laughs> um, what was your memories of that time? Because you were like, because there's a bit of an age gap between you, me and you, but seven mm. years ago, how old were you then? You were just out of college, I think you told I me. Just turned, I just turned 21. Right. And what did you do in college? I did English and film. I did an arts degree. Okay. So I went to college when I was 17 and uh, and did that for three years and just fucked around for three yeah. years. Like had no concept of what I was doing at all. Yeah, it's fair enough. I also it. didn't give a shite. You yeah. know what I mean? I was like, oh. And, and this is in Dublin. This is in Dublin. Yeah, 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 exactly. I just moved up from Galway. I was yeah. suddenly in Dublin. And I was like, woo! <laughs> People! Yeah! yeah. <laughs> so I just like, for three years, I just completely slacked off. Like, yeah. And that was like, it was necessary and like it was, you know, I needed that growing up period. Yeah, yeah, of course. To just blow off all that that steam as well. And um came out came out of doing that and uh and was so lost. Like right. we had like I remember that summer. I think that was the worst summer of my life. Really? Yeah, yeah. At After twenty I years of age. In, yeah. Oh, oh god, shit. yeah. Cause I came I came out and that summer, after finishing the three years I, for some reason, everyone I knew left and went on like a holiday somewhere. I decided to stay and I stayed in Dublin and I worked and I was living in uh, a gaff that I'd been living with three other girls during college. Yeah. And we had the gaff up until the end of summer and they all, they all fecked off and, but still paid rent in the gaff. So I was in a big four bedroom house out in Stillorgan on my own. Oh. All of my friends were gone oh God. and I was working in a barbecue Every day. In a barbecue? In a barbecue, yeah. 
what just fucking like a restaurant barbecue kind it was of like a barbecue place? that was outside a pub right. and i'd like serve Flip i'd work, work with it yeah i worked yeah. with like the chef and right. i just serve and take the cash and serve the tables right and, and it was so depressing and fuck and i'd just do that every day and then i'd go home and sit in the gaff on my own and cry <laughs> really yeah Aww. it was the because i just and, and i it was because there was no end to it i was like but what i don't know what i'm doing so i could just be doing this for the rest of my life this could be my life now that's yeah. what i thought because you genuinely thought i've got i've made it i got out of Connemara, mm-hmm. and it's me and burgers now at the moment this is okay. it okay. yeah i have no other plan and so and then my mom sent me a link to auditions for no way the factory the factory and she was like, why don't you just, I was like, she was like, look, audition, see how you get on. And if you get in, sure, this can be something you do for a year. And at this point, have you been doing anything? No. Right. No. Fucking nothing. Nothing. Holy shit. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, grand, yeah, I'll audition. And so audition and got in and that was it. Like, I will say that from, from the guys who ran that first year point of view, because they they, most of them weren't even involved in the second year. Mm. They did pick an interesting group of people. Yeah. Because yeah, it wasn't just people who were acting already. No, it who... wasn't. Because some people thought I was, but I had literally done one job yeah. before that and been plucked out of nowhere. Yeah. So I hadn't, I wasn't, I wouldn't, didn't consider myself an actor at yeah, all. Yeah, you were just landed in it as well. I remember me and Barry Keown at the first week going into uh, Kirsten Sheridan's office and yeah. going, I'm not doing this. Yeah. I don't think I can do this. And I, I was literally saying to her, I think I might open a cafe. <laughs> and Barry's like, yeah, no, it's not for me. And oh I, yeah, all right, and, Barry. All right, Barry. I stayed on the fucking course. Barry's in Hollywood. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but so they did. They really genuinely had like, obviously, that's your. Yeah, it was kind of, out of interesting. Like they yeah. definitely like they gave people a chance. I think that Absolutely. they were like, so yeah, they were like, hey, there's something there. Yeah. Don't know what it and is. We don't know but, what it is. Yeah. But, that, but maybe but, we can bring it out. Yeah. Or whatever. Yeah. Also, I should remember Mark had fucking liked it from the army to do it. Like, yeah, never done acting yeah. before in his life. Like, yeah, was, there was, yeah, we had, yeah, we had a really like interesting that. gang. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. We really did. And so was that the beginning of you starting to think about becoming a performer and a writer? And yeah, all this? basically. Fucking hell, man. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I'd, I Before that, I had definitely wanted to, I know I'd, I'd wanted to write a bit. Yeah. I had this notion in my head that I was going to, that I, was going to write a book when I was 30 or something. I, I still think that would probably happen. <laughs> yeah. Not even joking. I was going to ask. That was one of my questions. Later. I was Next. like, are you going to write a book? Yeah, when's your book coming out? Yeah. Um, so I had those kind of things in my mind, but I had no idea how to do any of it or, or how I, what I thought about any of it or anything like that. And so then, yeah, going in and doing the factory, there was definitely an element of me then. I found it like there were, Obviously, there were some of us in the factory who, like, you know, hadn't done stuff before. There were also a lot of people in there, though, who were, like, acting as my be-all and end-all. You know what I mean? Yeah, 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 yeah. And that was kind of, like, whoa, to me, a little bit, like, oh, fuck. And I would have been, at that time, I would have been like that. Yeah. Because anything that I put in my mind, I was like, I've got nothing else, so I better be fucking good at it. Yeah, so this is it now, yeah. Because I don't have an education or anything like, and I had no fucking qualifications. (laughs) So anything I did, I was like, I gotta fucking make money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And that was me, too, to a sense where I was like, oh, God, I guess I have to be an actor now. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I definitely did think that for the year. I was like, okay, this is me now. Because that's all we're talking about for every day. Totally. Yeah. And I was like, this must be what I'm supposed to do. You yeah. know what I mean? I yeah. must be an actor. Right. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. And it's because, you, yeah, you have nothing else. And you're like, okay, well, I found my thing now. Yeah. This, I'm just going to latch onto this. Yeah, yeah. And then I remember kind of the second half of the year kind of being a bit like, just, yeah, just thinking a little bit, okay, yeah, I I like this, but but is this all I want to do? Okay. And so those thoughts kind of started spinning then. And I wrote a, there was this, um, there's still a thing, there's this uh, TV production company in Ireland called Sideline. And they put out this open call for uh, sitcom scripts. And I remember seeing that and I was like, I'm going to enter that. And uh, And so this was like, yeah, the second half of the year when we were in the factory. So I did, I wrote a sitcom script, shite script. And I sent it into them and, uh, and they picked six of us. And they were like, we're going to help you develop your script. Shy script and you got picked. <laughs> yeah. Well. Fuck off. <laughs> and the balls to just see something like a- that and go, I'm going to write a sitcom script out of nowhere is like, that's amazing. <laughs> but that, but you know what? That was the like the benefit of the factory that they yeah. did kind of instill that in us a bit like you they can did. like do well, stuff. What, 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 what they did bit. want to do was, because you're also looking at filmmakers who didn't necessarily go to the guys that ran it. They weren't, you know. 
they didn't go to uni and kind of like yeah. have tick all the boxes out. They were kind of made it up as they went along mm-hmm. in their own careers. Totally. Lance Daly and all that kind of yeah. stuff. So, But it did. It gave me a bit more confidence. Yeah. Definitely doing it. Where I was Fair like, play. all right, I can do. Yeah, maybe I can do. And so I, I so once I started doing that, then I was like, oh, writing. Interesting. And so that kind of became a thing then where I was like, okay, acting and writing. Yeah. And then, and then after the factory, that's what I kind of thought for a while where I was like, okay, I'm, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to write my own stuff maybe. And I still kind of didn't really do that for a while. And then I started doing, I met all the lads who were the dream gun lads. Yes. And, uh, that was kind of the first inkling of like, oh, comedy. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. And doing like little videos with them and stuff. And I was like, So Dream okay. Come Filmery started off as videos. They did. Yeah, they're still online. They're, right. They did okay, sketches. I'm out of the loop. Because I was not in the country when all this when kicked all off. So I'm, off. I'm yeah, yeah. Of So for those of you who don't know, do you want to explain what Film Gun, Dream, sorry, Dream, so Dream Gun, Gun Film Reads is? Yeah. So Dream Dream Gun are a group. They're four guys. Um, Stephen Culver, uh, James McDonnell, Gavin Dre and Heber Hanley. And they all started, there was this thing called, uh, it's it's also still a thing called the Firehouse, um, which was like a uh, monthly little film contest that these other guys uh, that we know around, Connor O'Toole and Simon Mulholland at the time. And uh, basically you could submit like four or five minute little shorts to this and they'd all be shown and you'd have a little contest and you'd okay. win little awards. Okay. And so the very first Dream Gun short that was made was made for the very first Firehouse film contest. Right. And it was a and it was a thing that I did with Heber and uh, another guy, Vanya. And so that kind of started them. They started making videos, basically, that were really funny, really weird and bizarre and funny. And they started getting a bit of tract from that, basically. Okay. And then... There were Dream Gun shows that were done. So there were two shows. One of them was a sketch show I was in called Chaos Theory that we brought to Edinburgh. And then there was another show called Mimes and Time that Stephen and Heber brought over. So that so that was the next iteration. And for one of those shows, basically as a fundraiser to bring it to Edinburgh, we did the first film read. Right. So that is literally rewriting. So for the film reads are, yeah, taking a popular movie yep. and uh, the lads... The four lads basically rewrite it to still have all of the story and the arc and everything and, and a good chunk of the lines, but they add in loads of jokes, basically. Yeah. So like, you know, depending on the movie, it can it, it's slagging the movie, but in a loving way, yeah. basically. But depending on like, you know, you're slagging different things like with Jaws, you're slagging that idea of like, you know, fuck yeah, America and stuff, yeah, yeah, and, you yeah, know, yeah, all, yeah. all of that, like, you know, socioeconomical things. Talk, yeah, 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 all of that just depends but they're really really funny and they've got a huge following yeah and, and to, to, to explain to people like if you go to a dream gun film read show it's literally the performers on stage holding scripts sitting down when it's not their line and walking up to the microphone when it is their line and all that kind of yeah stuff. it's funny in itself to watch that yeah and they're all unrehearsed that's the Completely other kind unrehearsed. of thing yeah, yeah, so yeah, yeah, we yeah. just get the scripts and we just do it live and so there's the yeah there's the novelty of that and that you know we're you know obviously going to mess up along the way and there's fun in that yeah. and, and we've been doing it for so long now that like yeah it, you know when to push it and when there's not a to relationship push it. there that you yeah do, exactly you know we all, yeah we all have a vibe with each other so that was how yeah that was how film read started was that first fundraiser and then doing a couple of them in Bellow Bar and they just became so popular that they just there was just became a thing and now the lads. I mean, they have their own company and they're represented and they're... They, you've been to Vicar Street, like, yeah. the guys have performed at Vicar Street, which is a thousand people have mm. come to guys to watch you guys do Lord of the Rings, wasn't Lord it? Lord of the Rings, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's amazing. Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah, it's a mad, it's a mad cult thing, definitely. It totally is, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. So do you think within that, you've, uh, hooking up with that group of people, that, that was the beginning of kind of finding your own that home of, like, your world Comedy of, stuff, definitely, okay. where I was hanging out with these guys who were really funny and they were making things and I was like, oh, yeah, like this is interesting. I do, I like this kind of stuff. And then, and then it it was coming off the back of doing Chaos Theory, the sketch show we did in Edinburgh. And it was fun, but we had a rough time in Edinburgh. Okay. It was like rough enough. It was the second time I'd gone to Edinburgh and just loads of stuff went wrong. And with the show or just in life? Yeah, there was like stuff in the buildup where uh, we, um, We, have I already told you the story before? I don't think so, no. Right, well, before we went, right, we were staying with, uh, we'd gotten accommodation through a friend of Stephen's that he knew, right? And right. it was a friend of Stephen's friend. 
Right. And anyway, but yeah, <laughs> about three weeks before we went to do the show, there was three of us in the sketch show. One of the other guys uh, dropped out. Right. He got cast in a movie and he was like, I can't do it. And we were like, fuck, okay. Name yeah. names, haven't known. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he knows who he is. Um, <laughs> you know who you are. <laughs> and uh, Brad Pitt. So, yeah, yeah. Barry Keown. <laughs> no, it's not Barry. Um, and uh, so we had to recast and that was really stressful. We only had like three weeks and we were like, okay, grand. And we did that. And then two days before we were due to fly over, Stephen had been trying to get in contact with a guy whose house we were staying in. Yeah. And he couldn't get in contact. So he got in contact with his mate. And he was like, hey, uh, man, I'm trying to get in contact with your friend. Like, we just need to know how we get into the gaff, all of this. And the friend was like, oh, yeah, Grant. No bother. I'll I'll get on to him now. And then he came back to Stephen. And he was like, Stephen, um, he's dead. (laughs) Oh, my God. I feel bad about making the jokes now. Wait, no, wait. Well, it gets better. <laughs> oh, it gets better. Oh my god. <laughs> that is yeah, it doesn't stop being good there. Wow. No, um, so we were like, oh my god, he was like, he's dead. And we were like, what happened? It was really ambiguous. We couldn't figure it out. We kind of thought it seemed like he died at sea. <laughs> <laughs> And we tried to like investigate it a bit. It was all very, very bizarre. Anyway, two days before Edinburgh, we were homeless. We had nowhere to stay. Oh, Jesus. We ended up scrambling. I had a mate who lived over there, ended up sleeping. This is the Edinburgh Fringe Festival, by the way, anyone who's not fucking sorry. Yeah, it's a month long. Yeah, it's a month long Fringe Festival. You do your show every night for a month. Biggest Fringe Festival in the world. It's stressful. It's you have to do your show every day. It's hard to get accommodation because the whole world moves there for the Mm -hmm. whole month of August. Yeah, yeah. yeah, sorry, go on. So I ended I ended up staying with my mate and then the other two guys ended up finding like a flat and they just slept on the floor like and was that for the month so we were Oh god. It was rough and then there was stuff like our venue there was like all throughout our gig there was a noise bleed from a band in one of the other rooms there was basically a band playing for our whole sketch show where a lot of it was based on like timing and silences and like you just couldn't hear Oh Yeah, it was just lots of stuff like that. The funny thing about the story about the guy who died was it wasn't real. Oh, (laughs) the the friend of Stevens turned out to be a pathological liar, and he made the whole thing up. Oh my god! Yeah, Jesus Christ! Yeah, yeah. We found this out like about a year later. A year later. Yeah, because he did it to Stephen again. Did you snap then? Did you like actually lose your shit about it, or was like I think yeah, I think Stephen was kind of like what? Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Holy Jesus! Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, Symphony of Worms, I can see where all your freaking, if these, <laughs> these amount of things are happening to you, I can see where all these shows are coming from. Yeah. Um. So so what are the dates of the show? So the dates of the show are, it starts on, uh, here, hang on, let me get the actual Let's get details. the notes out. Let me get that. Look here, I've got the, it launched oh, last night. Oh, you do, right? Yeah, I've got yeah, the that's old, uh, right, I did see it on the Instagram. On the old Instagram. That's a lovely new program. Isn't it? Look at it here now. It smells gorgeous. Right. I like the diversity on the front. They've, they've used the ginger. Fair play. Yeah, it's pink hair, look. Oh, sorry, pink. I did not look close enough. Yeah, yeah. That is cool. That's a great one. Um, so it starts, the, fir- the preview is on the 9th of September and it's on at 7 p.m. And then from the 10th until the 12th. Where is it on, sorry? Smock Alley in the Boys School. Smock Alley Boys School. Yeah. That's your favorite venue, is it? I'm always That's there. Your home. I'm always it's there. Your home. I know, I know that place so well. From the 10th to the 12th, it's on at half nine, so it changes time. Okay. And then it's not on the Friday and then on the 14th and the 15th, it's back to 7 p.m. Cool. Um, so how many there. performances is that all together six I think it's six six performances Hannah Mamless what a photo you in a back garden eating some kind of an ice cream it's like, is that a 99 yeah oh it is a 99 yeah cool dress uh, can I read out the bio is that yeah cool? go yeah, for okay. it yeah yeah Hannah is an only child she has an unsettling attraction to hobbits always misses the toilet with the toilet paper and is terrified of dying alone but what if she could reach out and experience a glimpse of life and death through her alternative selves in alternative dimensions? A time, space and neurosis, traversing comedy show about failure, connection and our never-ending quest to find things that truly matter. To infinity and beyond. 
<laughs> Beautiful Smock reading Alley's there. Theater Boys School Preview is on the 9th of September at 7 o'clock. It's 11 euro. Then the performances on the 10th to the 12th of September on at half past nine. And the other two performances are on the 14th and 15th of September. Get on to DublinFringe.com, I think is the website. Go on to Hannah's Instagram. What's your Instagram again? My Instagram is Hannah Mam and my Twitter is Han T Mam. Han T Mam. I'll be tagging you and all that stuff on Beautiful. the social media and all that kind of the stuff. Socials. Go see Symphony Ver- I genuinely can't wait to see it. And thank yeah, you so much thanks. for coming on the show. Thanks, pal. Mwah. See you later. deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.